it's in the interest of every governor to preserve the power of his individual state. Amendment 10. Those powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. That's the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. And this brings the question up that occurs to me frequently, and that question is, where are the governors? Where are the states in this collection of states that we have. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with Steve Green and Scott Ott. And on this particular right angle, I would like to talk about uh, the idea of of essentially unused, what seems to me anyway, unused political power. Uh, now, for those of you who, you know, weren't educated recently in public schools, you you know that that the 17th Amendment, which was passed by uh, progressives and left-wingers early part of the 20th century, essentially destroyed the idea of the balance of the legislature. The, the Congress uh, was originally set up so that the people would elect representatives to the House of Representatives. That House would represent the people. And then the states, meaning the government of the states, would send two senators to the federal government, and the Senate would be the House of the states. It would represent the interests not of the people in, let's say, Alabama, but of the state of Alabama. That was a good system. But of course, it's a lot harder to uh, concentrate power if you have dispersed power, and that's the whole idea of the Constitution. So then we went to popular election of the Senate, and that basically made the Senate into kind of a House of Lords. So if we live in an age, hypothetically, where uh, federal power is being constantly uh, concentrated and constantly abused, what's the next level of power that could be used to combat that? Uh, Steve, most of the uh, Presidents that we elect come from the, the ranks of governors, and, and certainly seems to be the most the more effective effective ones do. But I I genuinely wonder all the time why we don't see more governors doing what uh, what uh, Governor Abbott and and Governor DeSantis have been doing recently, which has been fighting back against federal encroachment of the of the rights of those states. And, and steamrolling over the problems of those states. Those two governors together have, with this business of sending migrants to the sanctuary cities, have essentially nullified that entire argument of theirs. It's been just tremendously clever and successful. It seems like we could apply that to a bunch of other problems. Where are the governors when, when all of this individual freedom is being taken away and things like that? Uh, well, I've got a, I got a couple ideas and maybe a, at least a, a hint, a start of a solution. Um, the first is, you know, the old expression, once you pay the Dane geld, you never be rid of the Dane. And that's when the Danish Vikings would, you know, come raid England and demand their, their, their payment, the Dane geld. And if you paid, they'd keep coming back for more. So your best option was to fight them. You might get slaughtered, but you know, maybe not. And, and then they'd leave you alone in the modern gigantic gargantuan state that we have based in Washington, D.C. Now, it's flipped around. Once you take the Dane Geld, you'll never be rid of the Dane. Washington comes around dangling all these billions of dollars in front of the state governments and says, "Ooh, wouldn't you like to build some highways? Ooh, wouldn't you like to provide some health care? And it's almost impossible for state governments to say no to this stuff. And once they take this money, this, this sort of reverse Dane Geld, then they start noticing the strengths. States didn't want 
or at least the western states where I live, you live, didn't want to impose a 55 mile an hour speed limit back in the 70s. But Washington said, hey, you know, those highway funds we started giving you in the 50s. If you want to keep those, you're going to lower your speed limit to 55. And so it doesn't really matter what your state government is like or who your governor is. They can't afford to lose this money. They'll never be rid of the Dane who sits in Washington, D.C. Uh, we saw this in action with uh, John Kasich. Uh, you know, when he was a congressman in the 90s, he was this real libertarian budget hawk. I used to see, I used to cheer him on whenever he was on CNN because he was talking about real cuts, you know, make, making some, a real dent in the size and the scope of the federal government. Then he gets himself elected governor of Ohio. You might have heard his father was a postal worker. And suddenly he just became another, uh, ooh, uh, how do we spend these federal dollars, uh, big government technocrat? It was, it was a disappointment. Every time I think of John Kasich, I picture myself as, uh, as Michael Corleone grabbing him by the lapels and saying, I know it was you, Fredo, you broke my heart. Anyway, that's one problem. The other problem is uh, conservatives, man, we're like herding cats. Uh, you know, we, we never had a journal list. If you remember the journal list, it was a listserv where all the left wing journalists got together every morning to determine that day's messaging um, and long term strategizing for how to control the news narrative. And there was never a conservative version of this because that's not how we operate. We're out there pursuing our own stories and writing our own things because we're individual individualists. We don't have this hive mind mentality uh, that, that is prevalent on the left because. That's what they want. They want the hive mind. So we've got that working against us. On the other hand, if we could just get a few more governors like a DeSantis or an Abbott, guys who think like reverse leftists, leftists are always looking for that. That how do we how do we get this? What's our excuse? What's our angle? Uh, like Biden's college loan debt relief. You know, they searched and searched and searched for a year and a half until they finally found, ooh, there's this program from 2005 giving uh, guys who served in Iraq uh, some debt relief, and we'll just use Biden's signature to expand that to, to college kids who never served. So they're always looking for those angles. DeSantis strikes me as a guy who's always looking for those angles, not to expand Washington, but to knock it down a peg. We need more men like him in more governor's mansions across the nation. Uh, Scott, back at our previous employer, uh, you did a remarkable series called Freedom's Charter about the Constitution, how it was written, all the ideas behind it. Uh, you know the structure of this government, or at least what it's supposed to be better than anybody I know. It's clear to me that that if you stand way, way back, the amount of power concentrated in the hands of the federal government is far, far greater than it was ever intended to be, that the Constitution was designed to disperse power Three ways, three ways, right? You, house, you got the legislature, the judiciary, and the executive branch, and you've got the federal, state, and local levels. Spread it out. The thing that strikes me most about our, the U.S. Constitution is how the entire document is written to work with human nature rather than fight human nature. In other words, it's set up understanding that people are going to want to uh, accumulate power, and they're going to want money and fame. And all these pieces are designed to sort of balance themselves out. So I don't understand why we don't see more governors putting up a fight on behalf of their state, because it's in the it's you're not asking the governor to give up power. On the contrary, it seems to me that when we see so many of these federal uh, uh, executive orders and legislation that just just take executive orders, for example, you would think that you would see governors standing up 
to this because that executive order applies in their state. And and I I again, Abbott and DeSantis are 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 working real miracles here. Why aren't we seeing this from every freedom-loving governor around the country? I think you've you've described the situation very well. And and fundamentally, I don't think the framers of the Constitution wanted to see leagues of governors banding together to throw their weight around. Um, However, I think the real power is in what has actually happened here. Governor DeSantis made a decision on for his part. Governor Abbott in Texas made a decision for his part. And other individual governors may come to make similar decisions. But looking for them to band together uh, to do this as a, as a unit or as a team seems unlikely for a variety of reasons. I mean, number one, fundamentally, they're provincial. I mean, literally provincial. And so uh, their electoral futures, as far as their state government goes, lie within the borders of their state. So unless you've got a governor who's got national ambitions, he's unlikely to want to cause a ruckus outside of his state borders. He's really focused on what can I do to get reelected as governor here or whatever the next uh, position I'd like to be able to move into. Um, a lot of times there are little common interests. I mean, one of the reasons why Madison thought that a republic would work over an extended uh, area is because people in different regions have different interests and different motivations. Obviously, the issue of uh, migrants and immigrants is much more germane to a border state, the, the state that is on the outside border of these United States of America. So Texas would, would be much more interested perhaps than Kansas would be. Now, obviously, the immigrants make their way uh, by the beautiful system of interstate highways <laughs> to all over the country. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the motivation there. There are actual rivalries among these politicians that drive them apart rather than pull them together. Some on a personal basis, some within the party for power within the party organization, some within the Re- Republican Governors Association. There is a group of Republican governors that gets together and they have conferences and they have meetings and they elect a chairman of the Republican Governors Association. But they're, there's, they're ambitious people and some of them want to go to the White House. And so they're, you know, right now the New York Times, I think it was, or maybe it was the Washington Post, was trying to create a, a appearance of division between Governor DeSantis in Florida and Governor Abbott in Texas, uh, saying, you know, behind the scenes, Abbott's people were upset that DeSantis came in and took some immigrants from Texas and took them up to Martha's Vineyard, when Abbott has actually been at the forefront of relocating immigrants. And so, you know, it was like it was stealing his thunder. Uh, I don't know if such a thing exists, but everything in the culture, in the media, uh, mitigates against them coming together as a group. Um, And then what Steve said about the the money being distributed through the states from the federal government to not only to the states, but to counties and uh, school districts in those states, it is another part of that power structure that makes it very difficult for any group of governors to come together. Uh, All of that said, I think what's going to drive any move in any particular policy area, in, in this case, immigration is the self-interest of the governor. How can you appeal to any particular governor's self-interest and say this would be uh, this would it would behoove you to take action in this area? What would be the motivation for that guy rather than hoping that somehow they're going to come together and hold hands and dance down the primrose path together? Well, 
I agree that certainly the Constitution didn't uh, envision a union of governors as a sort of combined force, but we live in uh, relatively shocking times as far as all of this goes. It's in the interest of every governor to preserve the power of his individual state. And when the federal government continues to encroach on those state uh uh, prerogatives. So the, you would think it'd be in the interest of the governor to uh, to fight back. Um, I, I'm reminded of uh, the days after the 2020 election, when I again, it's been a while, but I think Texas or, or one other two other states decided to sue a couple of these states that, that had some fairly shady electoral stuff going on, saying it matters to us in Texas what happened in Illinois or Pennsylvania or whatever. We are not immune to the results of this. That kind of thing to me seems like the the next line of defense. Uh, the reason that I would like to see this Republican Governors Association actually do something rather than have a lunch is because when you what what is that what does that organization mean? Republican Governors Association. Okay, so we know that they're governors. That's pretty easy. Republicans presumably should mean that you're about the limiting of of federal power. You're about the you're about all the things that Republicans are about. So why don't they all get together and function as Republican governors and simply say this isn't about Kansas and it's not about uh, Mississippi and it's not about any of this. It's about the federal government stealing power away from the states and we stand against it. We're not going to enforce these laws. I I don't know why the I don't know why that, that we don't have every single person who understands how this government works in open, constant opposition to this to this horrendous encroachment of, of federal powers and, and FBI with all of these seizures and all of these arrests and, you know, all of it. Somebody's got to stand up to it. And if you look at the 10th Amendment, it says if the federal government's not doing something, then it devolves to the states. And if the states aren't going to get it, then it's going to devolve to the people. Well, as a I'm a, I'm a people myself, and I have certain uh, options I can have, and I have a certain amount of effect on things, but I don't have the level of effect that a state governor does. And having watched these governors perform rollbacks of this federal policy overreach, it seems to me like we should be doing an awful lot more of that and uh, and doing it with as many members on the team as we possibly can. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Right Angle. 